0: Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the 307 RPG Podcast, and I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of our amazing patrons. It's because of you that we're able to do the things that we do. If you like our show and you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com/slash theforgeherald. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. My name is Patrick. I'm Nolan nolan what's new what's going on what is fun
1: in your world um i don't got a lot i haven't jumped on any of the exciting things for assassin's creed valhalla or godfall um just kind of waiting and seeing and then realizing i've got a ton of stuff too so i might be on the uh wait for on sale boat
0: gotcha gotcha what about uh anything interesting like is there any pre-patch stuff going on with world of warcraft
1: they're starting the stuff. Uh, the zombie invasion is back, um, and then the kind of the Dark Valkyr that Sylvanas runs is showing up and dropping off old souls from Wrath of the Lich King. So all the old bosses across dungeons and raids and stuff like that spawn about every twenty minutes, so you can go around and kill them, and get a little bit of catch up loot. But so we're back in Ice Crown doing Argent Crusade things.
0: Oh, that's that's always fun. I really enjoyed Ice Crown.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the better ones, I think, for a lot of people.
0: Okay, well, we do have some news to cover. We do have a topic of the night. Let's start there. And that is, of course, we will be discussing Yugman's Guide to Gelsbad Part 4. We talked about Part 3 last week, and we've covered the other two before. And we thought it'd be fun to finish this month out by talking about Scarlands because it is, as we've said, one of our favorite D&D settings. So we will get to Yugman's Part 4, but there's quite a bit of news to cover, my friend, so we should probably dive into this. Sounds good. Okay. Starting with Dungeons and Dragons, this weekend was Dungeons and Dragons Virtual Weekend. Uh, I wasn't aware of this. Uh, I think this was actually the first one they've done. Uh, For those of you who, like me, weren't aware of this going on, the Virtual Weekends are serving as a mini-convention. You're able to play virtually with a group of with a group using your Adventure League legal character. That's really important that you remember that. The event started on Friday and it goes through till today, Sunday, uh, and it gives you a chance to, or gives you the opportunity to play D and D all weekend long. Now, it looks like the attendees will get a chance to play Adventure League stories before they release, and DMs get a chance to bring in their own adventure, or I'm sorry, their own non-Adventure League stories, uh, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it does look like the ticketing window opened on November 4th, and tickets should, can be purchased through, <laughs> I love this, the Yawning Portal, and I have a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Uh, there's going to be more of these events coming up in December through March, and I'd imagine, you know, just depending on where the world's. Uh, that could extend even longer. I do have a list of the dates in the show notes, so if you're wanting to check that out, uh, please do. Nolan, I was just kind of curious because you know you and I've talked about virtual playing before. What are your thoughts on these little mini conventions like this?
1: I think anytime you can get people in front of the product, it helps a lot, especially new stuff. I think it's you know so often adventure league stuff comes out, um, and people are able to go play it. And like you said, you know now with everything not happening and virtual and all that. Uh, I think it's a way for people to still get this and still be excited about it. I know the adventure league stuff we've played so far is we've enjoyed. We haven't had any issues with it. It's been a good supplement to the major campaign, and in some parts was better. I mean, you know, I think we probably could have done that with uh, Tomb of Annihilation and just stuck with the area and probably been just as happy.
0: I, I think you're probably right, but you know what I like about these little conventions is that this shows people. In, in my opinion that there are opportunities to play dnd no matter where you live and, and i've mm-hmm. talked to some people via twitter or facebook um on on some of our pages and they say stuff to me like well where i live there's nobody who plays dnd or um, dnd is very frowned upon because i live in a very religious community and i and i get that uh, but this is an opportunity for you to play so make sure you're taking a look at this and i'm sure there's a cost i didn't look at how much the tickets cost but i'm sure it's a, a probably a pretty nominal fee uh, make sure you read the rules on how to create an adventure league character what is it uh core rule books plus one isn't that correct yeah yeah so that means you can use the core rule books and then one other rule book to make your character so make sure you're doing that and, and, and make sure you take a look at this because if you are someone who isn't able to play D&D, this could be a great way for you to, at least once a month, for a whole weekend, jump in and and really play.
1: I was just saying, I was looking at uh, just kind of their schedule for November of these games. Um, I like the idea, you know, you, you can look in and, and they're running different things from different seasons, which is nice. So, you know, if you did one, maybe you could do a couple others, uh, depending on where you level up. But it has low level adventures, mid level, high level. It uh, also has Eberron awesome. Adventures, and then the non-Adventure League D&D games is actually a Raiders of Kanth, which is Dark Sun. So it gives you kind of their pre-generated oh. characters, 3rd through 5th level. This is not an Adventure League event. Um, but yeah, so it looks like it's, uh, let's see, looks like the low-level stuff is uh dd1001 which would be what that's got to be frozen north we got to be in season 10 yeah. so it looks like they're playing 1 2 and 3 in the low level uh in the mid tier one it's season 7 uh which i think is the temple of elemental evil and then the high level one is moon 12-1 which i don't know i don't know what the moon code was so there's a couple things that i hadn't heard of um but it's kind of that it's a neat thing that you can jump into where you feel comfortable to so you're not overwhelmed playing a 12th level character
0: and especially if you have an eventually character that you have been playing and it's completely legal and you have leveled it up to those levels that's a great opportunity for you to jump in and play your character at a higher level Mm -hmm. so that's awesome Uh, you know the other thing i like about this is you know (laughs) this is showing my age here um I remember like when when my wife and I were trying to start uh, start a Vampire the Masquerade live action role playing group you know the way we did things is we went down to the local game store put up a sign in the, on the billboard you know kind of looking for group I was talking with um I had a conversation with one of our patrons, Mary. She's a long-standing GURPS group that sometimes needs to find new members. And she, just like I used to do, will go down and throw a sign up at the local game store saying that they're looking for players. And, of course, they go through a screening process, which we did the same thing because you never know who you're going to get. But I like that, you know, if you don't have a game store in your town, here's a way for you to, you know, not only get a chance to sit down and and play, but you get a chance to meet some other people and and maybe you do form a friendship that is just over discord or or over facebook or or whatever, but you at least get to connect with other people who are into some of the same things that you are so I highly recommend if this is if you're a person who doesn't have an opportunity to play d and d take a look at these virtual events take a look at these mini conventions and and jump
1: in. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so Tasha's Cauldron of Everything releases next week in North America, uh, December first worldwide. But uh, one, you're lo- really looking forward to this one, right?
1: I am. Uh, that you know, the downside is is I think for me it was you know kind of a Xanathar's uh, round two, and I don't know if that's the case given the spoilers and stuff like that. I've heard a lot of people kind of disappointed. Uh, so i kind of quit reading so i wouldn't get too judgmental until i actually had the book myself but it sounds like it's missing a few things there's some good things some bad things but uh seems like people who have read the spoilers and that kind of stuff are not as excited as we kind of thought they would be originally so
0: okay so what's going to ask you about those spoilers but apparently you have not read those so we will skip that part (laughs)
1: I I mean I know a little bit of what's going to be in there. Um we got to see some of the classes with the barbarian and the warlock, but uh you know for me I think I'm most excited about adding some of the psionics. Um I it's one of my favorite fields uh and I'm not really excited about uh I, I was bummed that it was a fighter and a rogue subclass uh when for me I was hoping it was an opportunity to bring something weird to the monk just because I like that, you know. Mind, body, and soul type situation class. Gith Yankee, you kind of have that martial arts uh, psionic feel. And so not seeing it there was kind of a disappointment. It sounds like it going to a sorcerer subclass. And some of the stuff is is so close to being really, really good that it starts to push into the wizard thing. And then they fixed a lot of stuff that was in the UA To knock it back down so it never touches the wizard. And I thought that was kind of a disappointment that I thought this might be the time that wizards and sorcerers might actually have a rivalry and uh, be, you know, I think that is one of the, you know, the educated versus the naturally gifted, you know, the person who studies really hard for the test has this chip on their shoulder that the person that just gets it. And I always thought that was a good uh fun back and forth between the two subclasses uh and then both sides hate the warlock because they sold their soul so it's like this nice (laughs) little triangle of you know well my way is better your way is worse you know kind of disciplined versus naturally gifted and you know i I think it would have been neat to see wizards get a run for their money in the top dog spot because they've been up there this whole expansion or this whole book series i guess kind of by themselves so so we'll see. I'll, like I said, I once I started kind of seeing some of the disappointment coming out, I was like, all right, and I'll wait and see so I'm not jaded when it comes out. And then I can get That's kind of fair. An honest, my opinion. So,
0: Well, it comes out next Tuesday. Uh, I I'm know. assuming you're going to grab it on D&D Beyond.
1: I have it pre-ordered, so good deal
0: good deal so but with tasha's getting closer to release watsi has also released uh some errata to the game only two changes were made to the core rules and nolan i apologize i just learned about these this morning so this isn't in your show notes so don't be scrambling trying to figure out what the hell i'm talking about Um, sounds good so the changes are the paladin ability divine strike cannot be used with an unarmed attack and clarification on how animate dead works on the bodies of creatures like zombies and ghasts so those are the main changes that were done to the core rules there's also a new errata for eberron rising from the last war as well as several changes that were made to the sword coast adventure guide i didn't get a chance because like i said i just learned about this this morning to really jump into those and try to figure out what they are i do have links in the show notes folks so if you want to check those out um
1: make sure you do I know some of the stuff like with uh, the is getting changed for Tasha, so I imagine that's an update there. Like blade song used to be twice per short rest, um, is now going to proficiency modifier per day. So gotcha. instead of getting two to four to six uses a day, now it'll just be two and eventually you'll cap out at six. So I imagine some of those little things to make sure the books are the same of so you're not showing up like, well, I'm playing this version because it's better. Is there. Um, and I know there's a lot of back and forth on the monk and the paladin thing because the divine smite says whenever you make like a weapon attack, but then uh, the 11th level divine strike says whenever you make a, uh, well, it's like maybe one's a melee attack and one's a weapon attack, or it's very like, okay, so which one is a monk's weapon? And it gets a little confusing. So it's nice for them to put it in. I think most of the community kind of came to a point of the divine smite works with fists and feet. Whereas Divine Strike does not because you're channeling your power into, you know, it's the Excalibur thing. It's it's the holy weapon. And so before people were like, well, now you had this multi-class that was flurry of blowing and punching for an extra 1d8 on every flurry at, you know, eventually that I think they kind of put in check and say, that's not how we intended it. You're taking away from what we wanted for the class. So it's nice to see clarity on that stuff because it it really does come yeah. into table interpretation and that doesn't always lead to happy feelings on both sides (laughs) because that's you know you get this idea for something you're like yeah i mean i don't get me wrong i like uh i want a monk that's uh oh what was the dc character that did horrible on netflix (laughs) sacred fist
0: uh iron fist
1: iron fist yeah as a marvel so i marvel whatever it's all the same to me when it comes to the Netflix and the side characters. If it's not one of the big ones, then I just get lost. So, um, no, I, I like the idea of a, a monk with like divine favor. So every fist punch is a little bit of radiant damage or something like that. Like I think that's kind of neat. Um, so, paladin monk, if you rolled stats and had the perfect stats to pull it off, uh, there's something, some kind of a fun idea behind punching and smiting at the same time. Like your kicks are so strong that it's, you know what I mean? Like it just, can't believe i got hit that hard so i I could see the fun in that so yeah if i had that idea it's like i'm gonna play this multi-class i'm i'm gonna be punching and kicking and they're all gonna be divine damage and then you get to the table and your dm interprets it another way and says well no that says weapon this says melee doesn't work and you've got this idea you know again always now it's just clarified yep now it's clarified these are rules as intended because as written is awkward sometimes
0: it can be, absolutely. So again, those links are in the show notes for Eberron, the Sword Coast Adventure Guide, as well as just the the two changes to uh, the ones that we mentioned. So make sure you take a look at those. I didn't see anything else for Wizards of the Coast in D&D, did you?
1: Didn't, uh, and I didn't look really too much just because, like I said, I'm trying to avoid spoilers for Tasha's because a lot Fair of the enough. bolded stuff are, what is it you don't like, or why is this broken, or why is Fighter basically just play a Battlemaster? <laughs> Okay. Apparently, that didn't turn out well. So,
0: okay. So let's let's jump over specifically to World of Darkness. Now, we usually don't just talk World of Darkness. We usually talk about Onyx Path or or other publishers of World of Darkness. But there was a fairly large announcement that came out this Thursday from Paradox regarding the World of Darkness. So the news is Paradox um, has announced that Renegade Studios will be taking over as the publishing partner for their tabletop RPGs. Now, notice I said plural here. I didn't just say RPG, uh, and that. They are centralizing the core creative development for their story world in-house under creative lead, Justin Achilli. Now, longtime fans of World of Darkness, specifically Vampire the Masquerade, should recognize Justin's name as he's been a part of World of Darkness since the early White Wolf days. So uh, that gives me a little bit of confidence because Justin's fantastic. So I'm happy about that. Um, however, to mark the occasion, Paradox has announced a new Vampire the Masquerade companion for 5th edition. This is a product that they are going to be giving away for free next month. All you need to do is create an account at at Paradox, uh, Paradox Interactive, and you'll be notified when it's available for download. The new companion will bring to the game three classic Vampire the Masquerade clans, the Ravnos, the Salubri, and the Semisi, which I think is awesome. I, I wasn't really pleased with what happened with the Ravnos and well, we haven't heard anything about the Sabbat in forever, so it's nice to see something about the Semisi. The Salubri, I'm a little bit uh, confused on. I'm not sure why they would bring the Salubri into this. Uh, I, I guess I just didn't realize the clan was as popular as, as apparently
1: it is. But anyway, um, this... And they could, be- they could be using it to press the story, too. I mean, that might be part it, it could of be. Yeah. what's coming up.
0: So this will also include discipline powers representing uh, each of the new clans, expanded rules and role-playing information for ghouls and mortals, details on each clan's view on vampire coteries, new merits for player characters, and rules errata to Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition. That's quite a bit. So what does this mean? What does this change mean? Well, the bottom line means it it means that... um, well, OK, apparently I, this is a direct quote, and I forgot to quote it this way. So the bottom line, it means that we will be able to get more tabletop role playing game content to you faster. Our creative lead, Justin Chile, will work with internal and external teams to set the lore, atmosphere and tone that you expect from the world of darkness and work with partner, partners like Renegade to create compelling stories within that framework. Uh, even though I'm leading this process as Justin we will continue to work with teams of writers and freelancers, our goal is to ensure that book development happens with the teams that include a diversity of voices. And the next V5 book we're working, or we are working to send your way is the Sabat, which really makes me happy because that's something that V5 is missing. Uh, you can really uh, read the full release. Uh, I do have a link in the show notes as well as the video announcement, um, so if you wanted to check that out, you could. So this, this did, you know, It I think this is interesting because we've talked quite a bit, Nolan, about uh, my uh, dissatisfaction, I guess we can say, with the books that came out under Modiphius. Um Specifically, uh, in fact, I've done a whole section on um, the fall of London and just how poorly edited the book is. I think the concept behind it, the story behind it is good, but the editing was so bad that I was very adamant, and I'm still adamant that it's unless you're a completionist like me, don't buy the book. There's no point. Or or buy it as cheaply as you can because it's gonna frustrate you. Uh we know there was issues with the Camarilla and the Anarch books, uh, to the point that sections had to be removed. And there is again editing issues with both of those books. And if you talk to a lot of the fan base, they think V five is basically, well, a hot mess. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on on this because this is a fairly large announcement.
1: I, I think, I think having specialists do things, you know, it's it's one of those things. That it's there's a lot going on. Uh, it's a big section and. I think we we have these kind of conversations all the time with D&D of like we want more we want you know why is eberron just this piece and why are we always in forgotten realms and why are we this here and you know and it's would we be this dissatisfied if it was if they were spread that thin trying to do multiple games multiple themes multiple whatever so having this opportunity i guess to have just one group of people just diving in on it this is their focus this is what we're doing this is going forward Like they said, they can get content out faster you. Uh it'll be uh consistent, I think is the big thing. So that way you don't have a you know, a little bit of this here, a little bit of this there. Uh and I think anything that opens up the world a little bit and maybe, like I said, if we can get some consistency, I think you'll get people around. And that's a big thing. I mean, that's what you can't go from this book was really good and then this one was a hot mess and this thing here's this, and now it's like, I'm not gonna buy any more, we're gonna go back to, you know. Right
0: to the older you know, editions. Different because, editions that,
1: yeah, right. I want it it's just not worth it at this point because it's complicated for the sake of being complicated or it's dumbed down for the you know, that's kind of how it is. Like I know a lot of people with like five E, it's too basic. So they went and went over to Pathfinder or whatever, but at so least it's it comes- a different form, it's a different genre that you can hop over to a different company here. It's like, well, I really want to play vampire in every book, I don't know what I'm gonna get. It's frustrating.
0: Sure yeah no that's that's a very good point because and we've talked about this before too the vampire books that have come out from onyx path the fifth edition book they, they created obviously um uh the vampire or the chicago chicago by night and the chicago folios as well as uh, um, i'm actually awaiting uh, the print on demand for let the streets run red also from the chicago by night kickstarter and chicago by night is fantastic It's a great book. Onyx Path did a great job with it. The Chicago Folios are fantastic. I have the PDF for "Let the Streets Run Red," but I haven't looked through it yet because I'm waiting for the book. Um, So. But then again, you know, reading like the fall of London and I'm like, what the shit is this? Cause it was just so poorly, poorly done. And again, and, and I have to emphasize the story wasn't bad. I actually really enjoy the story. I like the story of Mithras and including him. It was just edited so poorly that it made it difficult to enjoy. So right. I do think you're right. I do think it's going to be good to see. Hopefully there is that consistency within now they do say they're going to be working with freelancers. Um, and we will get to how onyx path is going to play in this later but so that so there is going to be some of that going on um one of the things that i would love to see and, and justin again has been a part of the world of darkness for a very long time so hopefully he knows the vision that Stuart and Steve and, and Mark Reinhagen had you know, many years ago and can translate that into a modern time. I would like to see more consistency between the editions. At the moment, you know, we play V5, and that's the only fifth edition book we have. Everything else is in that X-20 um, arena, like Mage 20, Wraith 20, Werewolf 20. Now we know Hunter Entertainment, who's doing the Altered Carbon book, is creating um, Werewolf uh uh, fifth edition for werewolf so we know that's coming we also um we have heard rumor of a mage fifth edition but at the moment the only fifth edition book we have that is out in the wild so to speak is the vampire book so it is impossible to create a campaign that is inclusive of all the games because we only have one of them on the fifth edition rule set now I'm okay with them staggering the releases because, well, at least my wallet thinks them. So I'm not constantly right. buying you know all these books. But it is frustrating to see that because I would love to see a large story arc that was spread across all of the books and create, or I shouldn't say books, all of the game lines and created something kind of like what Onyx Path did with the Contagion Chronicle, which was a Chronicles of Darkness crossover that you can play any character from Chronicles of Darkness and it would fit within the story. I'd love to see something like this for World of Darkness. Um, I'm a little nervous. Uh, There's been obviously some issues with World of Darkness and and how it's been handled. Um, I do think that they are trying to fix things. Uh, Obviously, diversity has been a big issue. Um, Sensitivity has been a huge issue. Some of the stuff that came out under some of the older books was just bad and, and this includes the fifth edition book which is why the Camarilla book was held up um, and then and then there's just some other I don't know I have my own issues with v5 that I I sincerely hope that we see some fixes and I don't think v5's a bad edition I I'm mostly just not used to it as much as I was second edition but and that's okay uh, I feel like I'm rambling so I should probably shut up. <laughs> So yeah, big changes. I do have links in the show notes for the you know, the article back to the full release as well as the video that you can watch and it kind of explains what they're looking how they're moving forward. Uh, I highly recommend if you are a World of Darkness fan that you check those out. So let's jump over to the Onyx Path because well, it just seems to piggyback really well with the announcement from Paradox about the changes in World of Darkness. It did leave us with the question of how will Onyx Path look in this new future? So I asked I shot out a tweet, uh, and I have the tweet in the uh, show notes so you guys can see it, uh, that specifically said, does this mean that At The Onyx Path will no longer be producing Vampire The Masquerade 5th edition books? Um, I called out Matthew Dawkins and Rich Thomas and said, you know, basically say it isn't so. And Onyx Path response was very prompt. Um, I don't even think it was an hour. And very formal, <laughs> very carefully worded. It says the extent of Onyx Path's role in the new arrangement is still being discussed. We can't clarify or expand on that while we're in while we're still in discussion, which is one hundred percent understandable. Um, I would assume because they had already gotten Paradox's approval that all the world of darkness books that onyx path has already produced are going to continue to move forward like the uh we just wrapped up the um ghost hunter the world of darkness 20th anniversary edition for ghost Hunter. so uh those things i just assuming they're just going to come out because they already had permission Uh, and i hope they do work something out because the world of darkness books that onyx path has produced has been fantastic we mentioned chicago by night we've mentioned some of the other books that they've done um i'm anxiously awaiting several books that i've done through kickstarter the deluxe editions i've raved about those before in fact nolan you have lore the clans that was a de- deluxe edition uh mm-hmm. they're fantastically done books um and, and of course i have did a couple of kickstarters for those so I'm hopeful that something gets worked out. Uh even if it's Onyx Path gets to do side projects that they can do these big, you know, deluxe edition books for, uh whatever. I, I just hope that they get something figured out because I'd like to see them stay involved in in some way.
1: Mhm. Yeah, they've they've handled it well and done a good job with it, so I don't Yeah. I hope it is something they get to to be a part of.
0: I do too. Um, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of news from Onyx Path. There was some progress on some of the shipping stuff. Um, obviously, I don't know. Actually, I probably didn't because we didn't have a show last week. I did finally get my copy of They Came From Beneath the Sea. It is every much as wonderful as I thought it was going to be. Uh, this is the reason why I do the Kickstarters because those books are just fantastic. Uh, they are preparing for the next Kickstarter. I think it's Dead Man's Rust, which is a Scarlands mega campaign. Uh, if it's anything like vengeance of the shunned it's going to be good it'll be a zero through x uh, adventure usually a pretty high level Uh, so keep an eye out for that let's jump over to monty cook games nolan what can you give us an update on Tallis?
1: uh just i got a, a kickstarter update this week uh sounded like it is heading into layout um And then they kind of talked a little bit about the the process of layout there. But uh, a couple of the things that I got out of it that I thought was really neat, um, they're talking about the challenging part of laying out a, uh, to make things specifically fit. And they're at 672 pages spread across nearly 40 chapters. So it should be a very thick book, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, uh, Threw up a couple pieces of the art Uh, that was new and it looked like their dice and vinyl maps are going into production so it's getting closer Uh, they've got a couple other things that they're working on uh, with their cipher system but for me it's definitely been all about Tolus and getting a feel for that world Uh, and and through the art helps a lot just because uh, there is this giant spire of evil and adventure kind of sitting in the middle of this town and people just kind of live around it it's kind of one of those things of I imagine it's like living at the base of a volcano. You're just waiting for something to happen or somebody to get to the top or whatever. And it's hard and difficult and impossible. And in doing so, this town is you know, just kind of what everybody does. They grow up and become adventurers and go check it out and see how far they get. And then they retire. And you see some pictures of like an adventure mart, uh, some of the taverns. But you also see, I don't know about like, uh, I don't know a lot about it just because I haven't dug into it just because a lot of the stuff I have is 3.5, but you, you very clearly see in the picture, like, uh, it looks like either an orc or a half orc walking down the street with his arm wrapped around, uh, either an elf or a half elf. So it got me thinking about, I wonder if there isn't racial issues in this world, just because they all live on an Island. They're all adventure, you know, like there's kind of this common threat. So maybe they don't have that Whole history of war and and so I thought that was kind of neat. Of I wonder, you know, if it's more of a political power play or you know, which I'm I'm all for because I know it's awkward when you get like an orc and a dwarf in the same group and like, oh, how's this going to work or a drow and an elf and it's like, you guys are playing mortal enemies. Okay, let's see where this goes and then just having that not be a thing, I think will be fun. So that way it's more I like political intrigue versus racial. So it it looks good. I'm excited. I can't wait to good get my twenty pound box a uh, six hundred and seventy two page tome of insanity. So yeah, the
0: UPS driver's gonna come and get you and ask you to help deliver it.
1: Yeah. We'll bring out the cart.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and that they're scheduling that one for March 2021, isn't that correct?
1: I think that was last I heard. Uh and I don't know. Again, I imagine with COVID and stuff like that. I am sure I'm out of to out of date on the current timeline. Um, that's probably true it it looks like they've been pretty good about uh about once a month throwing out a little thing of saying where they're at in the process or what else they got going on so sure
0: yeah and that's that's always good when kickstarters you know the people running those kickstarters keep you up to date it's nothing gets more frustrating than realizing that it's been six months since you last heard anything about it and you still haven't heard anything it's yeah very yeah. frustrating so I'm glad they are keeping you up to date. Um, so moving on, I didn't see there are, you know, there I shouldn't say I didn't see. There were some books that were released for, from Modiphius that I, I meant to talk about, uh, but we had so much news to cover. I just didn't grab the information on that, as well as uh, I think I saw something from Chaosium uh, and Cypher for uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle. So there is, uh, there is a lot of new stuff out there, folks. So make sure if there is a game that you're interested in that you're checking those publishers' websites, because there seems to be quite a bit going on. Um, I did notice this morning there was a Humble Bundle for the Conan Adventure series uh, for that role-playing game. I, I, and again, I found out this morning about it. Uh, it's one of those where I, I think Conan looks like a fascinating world to play in. Uh, I know you and I have talked a little bit about it, Nolan. And, and this might be one of those where, you know, for 15 to $20, I jump in, grab a bunch of books and look through them and see what they're like. I think I have the player's handbook because there was a... a giveaway at one point or something and i got it for free and i mm-hmm. haven't looked through it but uh, so many games so many great games and just not enough time
1: well and i think that's the uh you know i was i think that's the neat thing about those different worlds like scarred land like conan um you know we we talk a lot about like i'm we're always looking through like the rpg stuff and looking at homebrews and and I'm always curious about classes that don't quite fit the role that, you know, and it's always awkward, but like, well, I really want to play, um, you know, this idea. And, and so I'm sure it's out there, uh, but I want to play something that's like a warlock kind of based on that short rest system with invocations, but go, instead of arcane, go nature or elements and call it a shaman, right? So instead of getting devil's sight, you would get like, uh essence of earth or something like that and you could get temporary hit points you know just kind of building some sort of use the exact same kind of philosophy buying two spells per short rest a little bit you know chainmail and maybe a spear uh or you know you know something like that you know and then kind of invoke some of those elements and then you know just kind of maybe fire or earth or air or water but you know those are the type of things of like i'm sure somebody's done it i'm sure there's something like that a, a nature warlock theme thing but we always come back and we we play a lot of stuff or when it's D and D beyond time, it's so much easier just to play with that. And so I think with, you know, scarred lands or yeah. some of these other games, it makes it a little bit easier to pick up some of those. If, if you're dealing with paper. And so I, I that's where I'm excited yeah. for some of these ones coming out as well, of getting a chance to play it and maybe pick up some of these homebrews that are created by the community because there's some good ideas out there. Uh, Part of the idea of this upcoming Rhyme with the uh playing the the Bloodhunter. I know it's not a small homebrew, but it is a homebrew and something that some people may not even give a a look at because it's not in a book or something. So I'm excited to play that and not that Matt Mercer needs any kind of uh, comments on his class. It's pretty good. And we've seen it in action through Molly Mock and that kind of stuff. Yep. But I think it's kind of a, a starting point to try and play some of these things that are already created and maybe you know, the next Scarred Lands book, take a look at some of their stuff as well. So that's... Mm -hmm. It's kind of where I'd like to get to eventually, I suppose. I, I would agree. You know,
0: and I think it's I like looking at some of these old, some of these different games for that exact reason. It's like, okay, they have this class here in Conan. How can we switch that over and make it playable in D and D? You know, yeah, it, it gives you a chance to sit down. Maybe you don't want to learn. I think Conan's on the two D twenty system. Maybe you don't want to learn a new system, but you really like the class, and, and this could be a chance for you to try to figure out a way to transfer it over. So yeah, I, I firmly agree. And humble bundle is a great way to pick up. A lot of those books on the cheap so to speak yes yep. it's just the pdfs but i mean i've done so many humble bundles that i i've got an external hard drive that's just full of RPG mm-hmm. pdfs which is
1: just insane let me tell you
0: <laughs> but yeah, there's it's, a, it's,
1: there's a lot of stuff out there i mean that's for sure oh my and gosh yeah and a lot of I mean, the stuff really- too that we see that you know not necessarily lost to time but isn't is really old and hard to find. You know, I think last month or something like that, they had the the Legend of Dritz books and stuff like that. And not that he needs that kind of stuff, and not that his books are hard to find, but it's a big series, you know, and when you can get all the books for, you know, 15 bucks versus, you know, I think $30, you know, hardbacks and that kind of stuff for, you yeah. know, $40, you know, trilogies or whatever, so. I think there's been a few times where it's we've been able to pick up some things and be like, no, this is this is a lot of books for a good value. Right.
0: Right. In fact, you did the the uh Adventures of Middle Earth, the fifth edition of Adventures yeah. of Middle Earth. Um which i mean we had been looking at the game already had considered you know already playing in it and then they came out with that humble bundle it's like oh my gosh here's a chance to get cuz and of course the uh, company who had the light was that uh, cubicle 70 cubicle cubicle yeah i can't remember um my book is actually under my desk so i can't see it so um they uh, of course they, they lost the license so then this mm-hmm. humble bundle came out and it was a chance for us to grab all the books and and i think you beat me by cuz i think i said oh my god i was actually going home to buy that with my son and you had bought it and said hey look what i got <laughs> so yep. and it was a great way for us to get those books now it helps that nolan and i absolutely love the tolkien universe so it's just like oh look more lore that we can read through <laughs> yeah but it's a great way to get books cheap mhm absolutely agree so- yeah, so keep an eye out on Humble Bundle. Uh, I might, if I can, find that link for the Conan one and throw it in the show notes so you guys can take a look at it. Um, that does bring us to our topic of the night, which is going to be Yugman's Guide to Gelsbad Part 4. Did you want to refill your cup real quick? I'm,
1: I'm ready. Well, cool. Well, then we'll just jump ten. right into it. I'm on my third cup. Let's go. I, I, I quite literally brought the pot down. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so Never i Never leaving the room. Yeah, the nice thing is, is that it's sealed, so I don't have to worry about it dumping out anywhere.
1: Um, so,
0: yeah, today we're talking about Yugman's Guide to Gelspad Part 4 for Scarred Lands, published by the Onyx Path. Now, this is, uh, we've talked about this before, this is a every other month um, installment to Yugman's Guide to Gelspad. Eventually, once they're done, this will come out as a full book. So just keep an eye out uh, on that. I can't remember if you'd get a discount if you bought them all and you would get the book. I, I don't remember. Um, but it is something that is going to be available later in the year, later in 2021. Youngman's uh, Guide to Gelsbad is written by uh, Chris Pissett, Oliver Clegg, Celeste Conowich, Beatrice T. Diaz, Lewis Harris, Jeremy Hohalter, Megan Mackey, Jessica Ross, and Christopher Waltz. It's edited by Brian Johnson and developed, uh, developed by Travis Legg. So this book introduces a couple of new classes and this is like our favorite thing to look at especially since oh look paladins
1: you know i i like that they're doing the themes on there this one here looked like it had kind of a uh uh churchy background i guess the best way to do it so it gives us kind of a a deeper dive into some of the holy orders um, gives you some good backgrounds to play that. And I think that's been my favorite thing is like, I would like to go back to Scarlands at some point with this, you know, you know, 14 inch tall stack of subclasses and spells and, you know, and just see some stuff. Well, I'm going to cast, you know, these new spells and it's from, you know, Yugman's Guide 16 and it's on page 32, you know, and just see some stuff that nobody ever sees and you can find some, you know, amazing little things in there and and, and just nobody have any idea what's going on because it's all new stuff and i think that would be a lot of fun to just have some of the chaos at your table that is the world of scarred lands so uh yeah this one here social backgrounds adamantian church cult of the forge defenders of faith uh, it also jumps into the political societies uh of uh hydra nathalates and shadow walkers uh, we do get a couple of subclasses for. Uh, one for the Paladin called Oath of the Thorned Purifier and the Rogue Archetype Envoy. Uh, we do get a nice section of about three, four pages of magical items and a couple pages of new spells that kind of go with uh, the theme of the book. And that's pretty consistent with most of these books. Uh, it lets you dive deeper into that uh, area. Uh, having this whole thing be about kind of a, a religion and society type of thing uh i think really would help you flesh out characters and so i can't um i can't say enough good stuff about these just the little minor things that that change the personalities of these classes cuz this one is a little stranger uh as far as the subclass goes and and i think it really ties into how weird the world is which is fantastic so i will stop stop. an interesting world that's for sure yeah and i think that was one of those things of uh i think depending on the world and how it is ends up being my favorite class um which is interesting like when we're playing in forgotten realms and the wilds aren't as dangerous and the uh it's more humanistic issues i really like paladins because it is kind of that not necessarily a moral compass but that's kind of what i feel like you fight with a lot in the forgotten realms and in scarred Lands, i love the rangers the rangers of Vesh. i love all that stuff because the wild is still you know it's very wild west it's 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 more you know you're more of a a, a texas ranger than you are you know a, a new york city street cop you know like it, it's just one of those things of like you don't know what you're going to get you're able to roam you're able to be a part of that and the law of the land is kind of whoever's stronger and it's it's really just a good opportunity for the people of the wild to survive and so uh seeing this one here, this book here deals a lot with political stuff uh and we get to see some of the city aspects uh and some of the infighting that goes on for the city people uh you know having the rogue subclass be an envoy, and everything about it is very much uh uh interactions with people and instead of you know the wilds or instead of with locks or with magic it's it's it deals a lot with uh basically just interacting and it, it reminded me a lot of kind of a, not site maybe a jedi counselor type situation where their skill is going in and de-escalating the situation or getting a favorable outcome and not necessarily combat. And that's kind of their last resort. And so it was kind of a weird one to to look at and see. And this would be a fantastic one to like, bring over and play in Waterdeep, where it's maybe a little less combat heavy and a lot more interaction. Um, but Rogue Arch-Type Envoy uh, it is kind of based around the idea that spit is a content rife with infighting, bickering nobles, squabbling over territory rights, Criminal organizations terrorize the cities, and many countries perpetually seem days away from declaring war. So starting at third level, you get Scoundrel's Luck. At third level, you become touched by luck. When you roll a 1 on the d20 for attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can re-roll the dice and must use the new roll. If this ability is used in tandem with another source of luck, you take the re-roll with advantage. So this one kind of screams what halflings already get is a racial, so that's what it has for that second part, so it kind of gives you luck with advantage. Um, but just bringing that into, uh, all your rogue aspects seems really strong. Reminds me of a little Han solo action, uh, better lucky than good. Um, the other thing you get at third level is close the sale. When you choose this archetype at third level, you gain proficiency and persuasion and insight skills if you don't already have it. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of these proficiencies. So right off the bat, you are focusing in on kind of almost the bard role. Uh, you are you're a talker you are seeing if you're being lied to you're a haggler Uh, you again are there to get a favorable outcome on the political field not the battlefield so a neat take on rogue i don't know if we've seen one like that in our time of talking about rogues Um, right usually this kind of stuff does is more on the bard side of things, the social interactions and entertaining a crowd and that kind of stuff. And this one here has a small titch of a little bit of a darker side, just to to get what you want uh, and be very good at it. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Starting at ninth level, you are constantly under the effects of non-detection. You also gain advantage of charisma deception checks to conceal your activities or identity. Uh, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. I, again, I think it's, you know, you're starting to become kind of that spy. Uh, bring that in a little bit. Uh, 13th level, Charming Personality. You gain the ability to cast Charm, person Spell a number of times equal to your Charisma modifier without the need of components. Your spellcasting ability f- for this spell is Charisma. You regain all expended uses of this feature when you complete a long rest. So now all of a sudden, if you... You know, charm person allows you get advantage on some of those talks. Um, At tenth level, you're uh, should have with the rogue um, the ability where you can't roll below a ten. So, I mean, there's a good chance that on these here, when you're interacting with people, uh, you're going you're you're going to be you know thirteen plus guaranteed on most of these rolls. It's not too bad. So, you again further double down on being good at and becoming a specialist Uh, and then their capstone friend of a friend at 17th level you always know the right person for a job you call upon your contacts to complete tasks for you the task must be physically achievable cannot exceed the cost of 5,000 gold pieces and must be completed in the span of three days some example tasks include finding magic item booking your party passage on a ship arranging to smuggle you or delivery of goods or arranging an assassination you can have only one such favor active at one time, and your game master has final say of whether or not your favor is achievable uh I like that it's it's kind of like a uh it's kind of like a wish spell uh yeah it really is I, it it's not a magical one it's not one of those things, but it is for it's a it's a wish spell for the mundane and and I think at that point it really is the uh you know you got some putin level stuff there you know make this person disappear make it happen you know what i mean like that that's the that's the fear for me on that one there's like it, it you've got some real power if you know who to pay off who to buy off who to you know take well, and care I think of some it things shows, for you I
0: mean, you said it's the capstone and, and and i think it shows that at 17th level you've you've probably made a name for yourself you've met a ton of people you you probably do know the right person for everything so i really like that they that this is that capstone and i just like the idea of like you can you know the party sitting at wherever like oh man well how do we do this if only we knew a guy and the rogue goes i know a guy yeah and like is always like i know a guy <laughs>
1: Yep. It's a, it's your resources tracker and uh vampire, you know? It's, yeah, it's a...
0: exactly. And, and I do like that you can only have one such a favorite active at a time. So it's not like, well, yeah, I know a guy who can do that. And then that, and then that, and, and have everything going. <laughs> so I think that's, that's pretty cool. It just adds a, another, I mean, it's like, I could just see somebody looking at the road going, how do you always know someone? It's like, well, it's what I do.
1: Been around, you know? And I think that yeah. is the, that's, I think it'd be neat, and I think that'd be a lot of fun for uh, just, like you said, having those kind of moments or where the players can get creative and come up with what they need done. Um, Mm -hmm. Then it could be for good or for evil, and it has a lot of room for player interpretation. So I think that's pretty neat.
0: Now, I do also like, I want to stick with this for just a little bit longer. I do like this that it says it doesn't necessarily mean that you're friends with this person. You just happen to know the guy who can do it. So there may Mm -hmm. be some work that you need to put in place, you know, through role-playing or whatever to convince this person to do the job that you're after. Uh, Obviously I think if you're the DM and you're in this situation where maybe it isn't some, maybe they know someone who can do like a ship burning, but they, they're not, you know, they don't get along. I think at the end of the day though, the DM needs to remember this is a 17th level ability. It still needs to be possible and don't make it stupidly absurd. You know, so where the person who's trying to do it feels frustrated and feel like they just lost their captain ability, you know.
1: And I, I think a lot of it when I think about this ability is, I think you always see that awkward thing where people work together when they weren't supposed to work together, and usually the end of the line is we're square now, right? You know, it's like yeah, we're exactly. even, or you know, you know, and so you could kind of collect those favors throughout a campaign, and and. You know, it's one of those things of like as a role playing experience or like whatever, like, you know, when I was, you know, fifth level, I helped you get out of that spot or I slaved you from the thing. Or, you know, I listen, I don't want a reward now, but there'll come a day when I'm going to need something. And, you know, and it's yep. it's uh, it's probably me watching too much of Lucifer where he makes deals. You know, you're making deals with the devil or whatever. It's like. No, I'll I'll help you now. But when it's time for me to call on something, this is just know the answer is going to be yes. When I ask you this, you know, and And
0: apparently I need to watch the show because you were like, you were the first person to tell me about it. But now like three other people have come to me and said, are you watching the show?
1: You need to watch it it's it's a lot of fun they did a nice job with it
0: yeah that's that's what i'm hearing (laughs) but you know i so i I do think you know dms gms whatever need to keep in mind that they need to be able to don't make this so stupidly hard that they feel like they're wasting their time Um, Mm -hmm. so please keep that in mind and and yeah i do think it's like you know if they say hey i know a guy who can completely raise water deep and and burn it to the ground eh, it's probably not going to happen
1: yeah, there's you know, there's so a cost that comes with reason. that that you probably can't afford again. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, did we want to look at the the new equipment, some of the magic items that are included in this one? We can. I, I do want to talk about the paladin. Uh, oh yeah, let's a, go back.
1: Let's just talk about just because um, there is. A, I think we had a conversation about a week ago of talking about the uh, the paladin or the the cleric or whatever that abuses himself. You know, and and this one here kind of jumps into that realm of uh weird and violent and strange. And so I think there is there is a very much a uh if you're picking this class or whatever, be mindful of who you're playing with, be mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. Um again the reminder and and they do a good job of it in this thing is it's based upon kind of that Greek mythology, uh, and, and that time period. So it's yeah, and, and a... they
0: and they have a nice big warning pull-out heading, if you will, that says sexual violence in Gelspad. And I, you know, maybe we should, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna read this real quick. Yep. Um, it says the world of Scarlands is heavily inspired by Greek mythology, like Nolan said. And in, in drawing from that inspiration, some of the problematic and potentially triggering aspects of those stories have made their way into the mythology of Scarn, specifically with regard to the issues of sexual violence and the gods in world. This has had the effect that religious that religions of all alignments generally view sexual violence as blasphemous and worthy of the harshest punishment of the perpetrator. In the real world, however, consent awareness and discussion of boundaries in relation to a player's triggers is essential to the development of a positive gaming experience. It is important that you as a storyteller have a frank discussion with your players and ask if they are comfortable with the subject of sexual violence being discussed in your game. If they are not, do not include it. Some incredible resources can be found online that discuss strategies and methods geared towards creating a safe game table. And we encourage you to check them out. Lastly, we can't always tell if someone's life has been touched by sexual violence. We must exercise constant care, concern, and respect. And I really appreciate, you know, Onyx Path has always tried to be very careful with some of this stuff. Some, some people think they go too far, but I do appreciate because you never know who's been affected by something like that you know, because it's a very private thing and they don't necessarily want to share. And you never know what you could say in a situation like that if you haven't had that discussion with them that could really send someone down a pretty dark path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciate that they put that in there. And and I want to also say that, you know, if your players are not comfortable with it, don't include it. I mean, there's ways to have this class in the game without constant, having the constant reminder of sexual violence.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's the DM and the player conversation as well. was like, I get it. You want to play this. Um, you know, let the mind play the tricks more so than you discussing every detail. And they right. do. I mean, you know, the the picture of it is, it looks like a, you know, kind of an underground dwarf with her feet up on top of a guy that she's using as a stool with a ball gag in his mouth. <laughs>
0: so yep, I know.
1: Uh, yeah, I looked so, at that
0: and I was like, "Ooh, wow, okay, that that's here. where we're going with
1: this." <laughs> So Oath of the Thorn Purifier is uh the followers of Chardun uh and is how it started. It has grown to the worship of the overlord. Paladins outside of Chardun's worship who follow this oath focus their attention on learning control over the body, seeking mastery of pain and pleasure, with a strong focus on consent and safety that are required to push the boundaries of senses Well sensation. Wow, can't read. Uh, paladins of this oath, who follow the slaver, believe that the strength is found through enduring suffering and dominating not just the world but oneself The weak, soft, and corrupt are subject to torture to remove their weakness, sometimes permanently from the world as Charion demands, interesting some of Chardian's worships who follow this oath eventually leave the great general 's faith, finding the slaver's teaching incompatible with some of the ten- tenets of this oath and so when they when you know every Paladin has their oath that so they kind of stick to. Um, this here is, know your weakness. Pain is not something to be feared, but a weapon to be harnessed. Do not cower from it, but run to meet it. Delight in the flesh. Know your pleasures as deeply as your pains. They are the opposite side of the same coin that can, be pers- uh, that can purchase your soul. There is only you. Anything that is owned can be taken. Do not become attached to possessions, or they will possess you. This only leads to weakness. Your rules are sacred the good do not need rules the wicked are animals without them choose them as you need inscribe them on your flesh answer to chardun if you break them and when you look at their paladin spells it is you know, inflect wounds uh, rend the sovereign soul which is a scarred lands uh spell that allows your cuts to cut deeper almost like a hunter's mark um A lot of aura of death, inflect susceptibility. So, you're, you know, it really is kind of a inflict violence, inflict pain on your target type spell. There's not a lot of healing here. Uh, Your channel divinity is when you cast inflict wounds on another creature or yourself. Uh, After you've rolled damage, you may roll the same number of dice again immediately after and double the result to recover that many hit points. If you do, the target must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, they suffer an additional 1d4 necrotic damage due to blood loss each round for a number of rounds equal to your strength modifier. You have advantage on constitution saving throws called for this ability. Uh, Aura of Penance. Forced to face their own personal demons, all creatures within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. Those that fail suffer disadvantage on all attack rolls and cannot take opportunity attacks against you for a number of rounds equal to your charisma modifier as they are plagued by visions of their past. No shame or scare them. So so right away, again, you're, you're kind of an expert in torture. Uh, you are an expert in inflicting punishment because first and foremost, you've inflicted upon yourself and faced your demons. And so your your cuts are stronger, your wounds are deeper and lingering, your your attacks are mentally breaking people down. And it, it, it just has this, this is not the knight in shining armor here to save you, this is one here to punish you, purify you, and if you're fortunate enough to come out the other side, you will be better for it. And it's really just a, a strange and dark uh, kind of take on it, um, but again depending on how you do it how your character role plays this stuff again can see it getting too far um sixth level you may choose uh, a creature within 30 feet of you the target must make a wisdom saving throw against the spell against your spell save dc The target fails you gain advantage on all charisma ability checks against your target as you project an air of dominance to them which lasts until you leave their presence or for an hour whichever is shorter this ability allows you to glean basic information about your target's relationships, including whether they are owned by another according to Chardoon's laws. And if so, where their master has mistreated them in Chardoon's eyes. Once you use this ability, you may not do so again until you've completed a long rest. Tenth level, you may use this ability twice between long rest. Um, another kind of dominating style, you know, whether it's, you know, and, and I do feel like it's less of a, you're not seducing them to get information. You are enforcing yourself on them, you know, your aura, your 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 will, uh to get information and see who they belong to and and just kind of have an inside track on almost like super intimidation. Uh at 15th right. level, uh, when you take damage, you can use your reaction to transfer that damage to a creature of your choice within 30 feet. If you do, you suffer no damage, and the target must make a constitution saving throw against your spell DC. On a failed save, the target suffers the full damage of the initial attack. On a successful, the target suffers half of the damage you transfer, and the rest is negated. Once you use this ability, you cannot do so again until you complete a short or long rest. So a nice little... Uh, defensive ability and then their 20th level capstone Uh, you may send a victim to the overlord's hellish demise this ability uh, emulates the effects of the power word kill spell at the gm's discretion certain creatures killed in this manner may return as chardune slaves Uh, i see the creature collection after one year once you use this feature you cannot use it again until you complete a long rest so a nice little power word kill for your paladin because it was naturally yeah, go together the potential
0: of coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah. As a slave. So, right. Yeah. Uh, again, I think there's so many things we've talked before about maybe doing an inflict wounds, build it being on a paladin. Uh, we've had those kind of conversations. Uh, we've talked about the, uh, you know, the person that abuses themselves, kind of like the, 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 the crazy cleric that, you know, mm-hmm. inflicts pain on themselves before they go inflict others. And then we get it in this fashion and, uh, I don't necessarily know if I want to play one anymore. <laughs> it, yeah. it was just kind of one of those things. That it, it was one of those things of like, oh, there's an ID here, there's a character here, and then when you actually see it uh, uh, fleshed out, I guess um, it was just like, okay, it's a little bit darker and deeper than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I think it would, it would, it would be an interesting. I, I, I think it would be fun to play, and I think it would be fun to try and again, like anything I play, try not to stereotype it. Um, you know too much where it is one of those things of somebody that just is all about violence and abusing and hurting people. And, um, I don't know how to do it and try and find that angle just off the top of my head. But it, I mean, I said, I can see why they put the warning in there. I can see why it could be a little bit darker. Um, Right.
0: And I think it's again, going back to uh, the warning, I think it's just important that, people take it seriously. And too yeah. often, you know, we don't take it seriously or we just make light of a situation. And again, you don't know what somebody's dealing with. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. And suddenly you do something and, you know, that person, whomever it is, starts to get quiet and you, at the end of the game, you know, maybe they don't say anything, but a couple of days later they come to you and say, yeah, I'm not playing anymore.
1: Yep. And because
0: you said something that you had no clue about.
1: And I feel like a lot of things with Scarred Lands as well. Um, for me, when I read those things of like, I could see this being some bad guys that you go up against and and bad guys would not be probably the correct term but like maybe an enemy that you come against and again what they're doing is you know again Scarlands is messed up and so you have that side of whoever's you know Darth Vader versus Anakin Skywalker you know it's like well what is right from my perspective, you know, you're wrong and this needs to change and this is how I'm going to do it. And so having these high conviction, bad guys that believe they're correct. Um, and them also being very good at almost again, a, a asserting dominance, you know, having this alpha pack leader style mentality, you know, causing issues for people coming over to that side and not understanding and you know all of a sudden this not necessarily a cult but this following gets bigger and is taking over towns and you know this could be a good counterbalance I think well, you might actually lose some players just to the other side because they compel this convincing argument and so I think that's interesting when you're dealing with uh that you know quotes of the church and bringing some of these people in and and educating again with quotes and, and teaching them this way and and getting followers and I could see this being a, a cult of, you know, five, six paladins, almost like the nine from Mordor um, influencing these little pockets. And every time you go to town or whatever, you know, you like, oh, it's morning prayers and everybody's outside in the street, like, you know, whipping themselves or whatever. And you're just like, what is wrong with this town, you know, and, and finding that kind of stuff. And so I, I again, not saying that the character is evil, it's just a, uh, I could see it being something that would be a challenge or a confusion of uh, ideal faith. You know, my lawful good paladin walking through town, I'm like, stop hitting yourself, you know, or whatever. It's like, well, this is my religion. Leave me alone. You know, and then you're just like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, it, it, it would be right. so foreign and so confusing that can lead to some fun role playing stuff and some fun challenges. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, going back, I can't help but think of Scarred Lands, Um, as did you ever read it or see the magazine heavy metal
1: okay i know what you're talking about yeah
0: yeah i wasn't a big i i wasn't a, a magazine that i read all the time I, I had a friend who had a subscription and every once in a while i'd flip through one of his copies of it um it's it's an interesting magazine i think they actually just re-released it they're just reproducing it or something um but scarlands really reminds me of that just how how you know, f- how dark and, and, and dangerous fantasy can be. Like we've talked several times about how the very land in Scarred Lands tries to kill you. Yep. Um, So I, I do think it's, I think it's an interesting choice of Onyx path to take something like this that can be so uh difficult. This is do. very adult. Oh very, yeah. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for is that this is a very adult aspect of this. And so Hopefully, if you have young kids who are playing, you keep that in mind, especially with this class. So, it's interesting though. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I I think it's great. I think it's again, two sides of the coin. And again, convictions are, you know, take the alignments out and this is what they believe to be right. And there is a way to do this class that would confuse a lot of people at your table and in, in a healthy way of just being like, yeah, you're not a murder hobo. You are, you know, what it is or what I, you know, you. We, we do it a lot in society. I mean, I've got, you know, my boys or whatever. It's like, you know, they fall and scrape their knee. And if you witness it, you know, you think they're dying. And you tell them to get up and walk it off or learn from this, you know, or, or a broken bone is an education. It's like, well, what were you doing? Or, you know, are you willing, you know. So pain can be a, a great motivator, motivational educator. Um, and I think you could do that as, you know, it's kind of this class of, of through pain, you know, your true self. And I think that's a interesting take on it. So. Um next section they bring in like you had mentioned was some of the magic items uh you know one thing we've we've enjoyed about scarlands is the tattoos um and they are not shy about having magical items which is probably my favorite thing about them and then they're not shy about having specific weapons um you know with uh, 3.5 you could have exotic weapon master and have like spike chains and flails and and double edged axes and that kind of stuff and they kind of just went away um here in scarred Lands, they have they have the chains they have the stuff uh here they added like the hook crossbow which is a crossbow with a grappling hook on it uh a 30 foot coil um and they added a few of the rogue things like itching powder and lock gum uh, a couple of legendary items uh which are all have good stories to them um and you know uh, the forsaken elf blade is a uh, magical plus two rapier that does extra damage against titans. Uh does an additional two d6 points of radiant damage. So it's kind of like of a, a finesse holy avenger. And the I, whole reason I closed,
0: I closed oh, my but, copy of the book. I'm just curious that rapier does it do extra damage to titans or titan spawn or both?
1: Both. Titan or nice. Titan Worshippers. That's so awesome. the and the whole thing is, is the elves of Termana are the only race of mortal beings to defeat to defeat a titan without divine intervention in their fight against churn the elves blades gain new powers no one knows how these blades have become increasingly rare over the years a true forsaken elf blade is a plus two rapier with n- unique powers to ignore the damage resistance and damage immunities of any titan or titan spawn against a titan or titan worshipper the rapier also has advantage on attack rolls and inflicts 2d6 points of additional radiant damage on a successful strike. So we kind of have a, a flame tongue on the radiant side of things. Uh, but again, the, the story behind it is fantastic. Um, here's a wondrous item, very rare. Keely's um, Knucklebone. Keely's Knucklebone are a pair of magical dice carved from bone. They may have any number of sides, but the faces don't have numbers or marks and instead appear completely blank. They are divination dice but have an ill reputation. For those who know of them, the dice are believed to only foretell bad fortune, and several people prefer not to use them at all. However, that particular ability is of use to some people, and the dice are fairly accurate, so they prove useful in avoiding or planning against dangerous situations. I love magical knickknacks it doesn't always have to be a big great sword or something on fire, uh, or boost my AC or anything like that. I like magical knickknacks because you can create stories. Sometimes they take a life of their own in a campaign. Um, and I think those are kind of the, you know, if you ever look at a, a magical knickknack that took on over, you know, look at Guinevere from Dritz. you know, it's, it's a wondrous right. item that became so key that it's so huge, uh, And I think that happens for a lot of those little random weird things. Um, So anyway, there are some, you know, like I said, a couple of rogue things, a couple of new tattoos, a dead tongue, magic tattoo, rare, drawn as a stylized wisp of smoke on the tongue. The wearer can activate this tattoo to cast dying breath, which is a new spell as a bonus action. The tattoo can only be activated again after completing a long rest. Dying breath. Uh, This spell originated with the necromancers of the Hollow Fost, who used it to good effect against their foes during the many sieges of that city. There is a popular beverage of the same name in the uh, Calistine hegemony. (laughs) Apparently, the halitosis it causes is almost as terrible as this spell. Upon casting the spell, you exhale towards the target, sweeping it with a gust of foul smelling wind and draining the strength from its limbs. Each time this target fails a constitution saving throw while under this effect, they gain a level of exhaustion. The effect remains for one hour or until the target rests. So this is a tattoo you put on your tongue. (laughs) Yeah. And as an action, you know, once a day you can, you know, burp in somebody's face and cause a level of exhaustion. I mean, that's just, that's pretty strong. And it's, it's, again, it's a third level necromancy spell has a dark, you know, I mean, imagine as a, um, to me, it screams like a cyanide capsule for the spot, you know what I mean, you finally capture that cultist yeah. you're ready to and they, you know, they do this thing to you as that kind of a, you're going to kill me anyway, here you go, you know, this is it, and, and getting a little bit of revenge on the way out. So, oh, my goodness.
0: So that is Youngman's Guide to Galespat part four. Uh, we will be looking at Part 5 next week, and I think that will actually catch us up. I can't remember if they're 5 or 6 right now, but I, I think it's 5. I so that should five. get us caught up with Jugmans, And then I think, because uh, we should have one more week of uh, November left, we might take a look at the Frostlands of Fenrilic because uh, we did get a copy of that book. So that would give us another Scarland's book to take a look at uh, to wrap up November. Still working on what we're going to be doing for December, but we will figure that out, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I did want to mention real quick, before we wrap up for the day, I did go ahead and get that Humble Bundle for Conan, and I paid $15. And I want to say it was like, uh not including the DM screen or the character sheet, it was like 18 books. Which... Nice. That's quite a few PDFs. In fact, I'm uploading it to my Google Drive so I can ship it over to you so you can take a look at them here in a little bit. Um, so again, Humble Bundle is a great way if you're not sure about a game and you want to take a look at it, you can get you know basically the entire library for fairly cheap and just be able to peruse it and look at it and see if it's something you want to bring to your table or maybe include into your games in some way. So Nolan, that is going to be it for this week unless you have something else that I'm forgetting.
1: I don't, Uh, I was looking at the Lord of the Rings adventure from hundle bundle. And I think I had 24 different zip drives that were maps and books and stuff like that. Again, I think it was, you know, very cheap in comparison to price, you know? So right. Again, it's a great way to grab some books. And again, you know, as you start telling your own stories and pulling all these things, whether it's D and D, you know, forgotten realms or scarred lands or middle earth adventures or Conan, you know, there's good avenues for monsters and there's good avenues for classes Magical items that people have never heard of spells that people have never heard of it. So it's always nice to the person who reads every book possible, you know, like myself to all of a sudden somebody casts a spell I've never heard of and can't wait to see what happens. Like I love the shock factor. So mm-hmm
0: yeah and, and that's stuff. one of the things that i love about scarred Lands because it is using that open gaming license for fifth edition you can pull the stuff right out of scarred Lands and drop it straight into your D game um nolan and i've talked about the scarred Lands creature collection where he refuses to look at it because he wants to be surprised by the creature that shows up at the table
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think that's uh i don't know for me that's going to be the fun part so <laughs> <it's-> right <laughs>
0: We've, Especially we've when I go had... to describe it and you go, what the hell is that? Yeah, I'm going to need a picture.
1: Cause
0: <laughs> Yep, exactly. Well, Nolan, that is going to be it for this week. Um, I guess, you know, folks, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can always find us at the social, any social media at 307RPG. Um, send us suggestions, send us comments, whatever. You, uh, we're always looking for new ideas and to talk about on the show. If you are a content creator and you're writing your own stuff and you'd like... You'd like to help, you know, have us help you get it out there. We're always happy to talk about the things that you're creating. It's always fascinating for us as well. Uh, so don't hesitate to reach out to us on any social media at 307RPG. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And of course, our website, 307RPG.com. You can also find us on Patreon slash Herald because that just won't change. Uh, maybe eventually it will. If you go there, it does say 307RPG. Other than that, that is all I have for this week. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.